The Florida Gators' regular season is kaput. It's over. 6-6 six and six is the record. Kind of what was expected going into the season. The win total was set at 6. But we're going to talk about what happened this past weekend against Florida State here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Brandon Olson, Twitter, WNS underscore Brandon, written work, whole nine sports, Giants, country of SI.com. Florida Gators regular season's over. Uh, before we talk about the game that just happened, there's probably a bigger talking point coming from this past weekend, which is Anthony Richardson. Um, stay, declare, transfer. Um, yeah, that, those, those are the options. And look, transferring is nothing new. Uh, the rumor isn't from him, by the way. It was uh, Damian Parson with, Bleach, with uh, the Draft Network was like, hey, I would like to see him stay in school, but at a different school. I think that's a bad idea. Uh, that's something, again, that people have been suggesting for a while. has been, hey, you know, go get a year with a QB guru. Like, And I'm obviously not in this particular instance, but like Lincoln Riley, um, who obviously will have Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams next year. It's just an example. Um, Dillingham just got hired at Arizona State. Go there. Fickle just got hired at Wisconsin. Go there. Things like that. Um, I think transferring is the worst idea for Anthony Richardson. Um, because it's like, oh, you struggled in year one as a starter in year one as a starter for a team in your first year with a head coach. Go do it again someplace else. Like I think if you're gonna stay in college, it's smarter to just stay at Florida rather than have to restart entirely, get in sync with all your guys, get a new playbook down, get everything down. I think it's smarter to just say, hey, I'll say another year in Gainesville or I'll go to the draft. Um, Again, as far as staying or going, I think Anthony Richardson declares for the NFL draft. I do think he has played his last game as a Florida Gator. Like a lot of people on that roster have. We know portal season, portal opens soon. We know a week from today. Um, So portal opens. Coaching carousel is already underway which could impact florida we'll talk about that at another point this week about assistance that could leave be replaced added on to this team all that stuff um but as far as anthony richardson i think going to the draft is kind of the smart idea like risk wise i think it's smarter for him to go to the nfl now as opposed to going to the nfl in a year um just because i mean also this will completely disregard injury We'll, we'll forget injury, but would you rather have eight to twenty million dollars in six months, depending on where he gets drafted, or risk injury for another year, maybe make a few more million in a class that is going to have Caleb Williams, 
in a class that is going to have these other kids that are also highly ranked. Every year we go into the draft and we, um, as we get closer to the end of the college football season, we go, oh, there's really only two or three guys in this draft that I'd take in the first round. Every year that happens. And next year is going to be the same thing. Who is it going to be, though? We'll see. But I think if you're AR, you go to the draft now, you make your 8 to 20 million, you get your 8 to 20 million dollar contract. You don't risk that injury. You get a year of development, most likely, behind a veteran starting quarterback or a bridge quarterback, whatever you want to call them. But you get that little year. And because another thing is that also, if you come back to college, you can't be the same Anthony Richardson. You have to be a better Anthony Richardson. And if that just doesn't happen, that's going to hurt your stock a lot because then you've got – it's the same thing with Bo Nix. Bo Nix, the reason I don't like him as a draft prospect, he's got three years of meh tape with one year of could he be the guy tape and a whole bunch of flashes in between all four of those years. Anthony Richardson, you've got that for one year. So you could say, yeah, it's his first year as a starter though. Like maybe once he gets a little more comfortable, a little more experience, all that stuff, he'll be a lot better, especially as someone who Anthony Richardson has improved throughout the year and the intangible stuff for the most part. There was a big setback in the Vanderbilt game where he was clearly visibly frustrated. Florida State, he played one hell of a football game. I, I don't care about his completion percentage. He played a good football game, as good as you can really ask and expect from him. But also for Anthony Richardson, as far as development goes, I think it's smarter to go to the NFL. I know a lot of people are like, oh, get another year at college, get a second year with his coaching staff, do all this, get that development. I have nothing against Billy Napier. I have nothing against Ryan O'Hara. I have nothing against any staff member. But this coaching staff has not proven their ability to develop a quarterback long-term. And that's not saying that they can't. I'm not saying they can't. I'm not saying they shouldn't, wouldn't, whatever. I'm saying they haven't proven that. A big part of that is because this coaching staff is so young you haven't really had many chances. And I mean, if you're Billy Napier, you had like Levi Lewis for a few seasons. And it's like, well, is he really the kind of guy that you can mold and develop? Or are you winning games despite him? And I think that's what was going on. But I think most places in the NFL will be a better chance to develop as a quarterback than Florida. Most places, your head coach isn't super... Um, in charge of quarterbacks directly. There's offensive coordinators and development coaches and uh, quarterback coaches. And here, Billy Napier's head coach. He's the guy that runs the offense. He's the guy that runs the QB room. He's got a lot on his plate. You can only get so much one-on-one development. And the next guy is an offensive analyst in Ryan O'Hara. I think when you go to the NFL, you'll have a much more defined coaching staff that will be able to actually focus on you and develop you instead of having to worry about the entire rest of the team and the entire rest of the offense as well, then you have someone with experience. I think that's a big thing where, yeah, it's great to get a second year of starting experience, but I think one year on the bench in the NFL is more valuable than a second year as a starter at Florida or even at most universities I think you've got a better chance of getting developed at the NFL. The team gets to build around you for a year. They get to figure out what you're like. They get to do all these things. Anthony Erson, I think, is gone. I don't think he transfers. I think he stays, or I think he declares the draft. But, again, I think he's gone. Um, best of luck to him. And I I will say, again, I think it's the right choice for him to, to declare. I, I just think that's the 
risk averse thing to do is what what I'll say. But we're about to talk about the actual Florida versus Florida State game and the offense versus the defense and what happened really. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really, really, really hurts the wallet. That's why I started using Upside. It's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. I was using a relative's car a a couple weeks ago. Um, Had to fill it up. I was ready to swing on them. Because that is insane, but luckily Upside at least got some cash back for my, I, I think it was like 50 bucks to get half a tank. And I was, that's not usually what my car is like, so that pissed me off. But use promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more with promo code LOCKED. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. And if you've never used LinkedIn jobs before, I highly, highly recommend it. It is how I got my last job before joining Locked On. I almost said before joining LinkedIn because, you know, Locked On, LinkedIn, very, very close to each other. But with simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easier for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire nearly every week 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And looking at this Florida Gators offense versus Florida State Seminoles defense from Friday night. I think I said Saturday earlier just out of habit um, from Friday night. I can say that I would have run the ball a lot more than Florida did. Um, I, I again, I, I I'll say that at the same time, I will say this is a game where you had five of your top seven pass catchers were on the injury report or out. Uh, you had just injuries throughout. You're banged up at receiver and tight end. And it, it's it's been a long season, so there's fatigue, there's all that. Everybody and their mother was looking at this game going, Florida's going to run the heck out of the ball because they have to. They've got four tight ends listed on the depth chart. They've got like six receivers available on the depth chart. Everybody was saying, okay, They're going to run this ball nonstop because they have to, which is why I think it was a very good idea for Florida to come out throwing the ball. I understand that, but I I, I understand starting the game by throwing the ball a ton because then defense has to respect that. Defense can't key in on the run. You can at certain points, though, go, okay, we want to run the ball. That's why we threw the ball so much early on. So we're going to run the ball now. And I feel like they just did not do it consistently. They didn't really get into a rhythm. It'd be like, oh, run, pass, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt. And it it was just, it was just messy, messy football. Uh, I don't like how it went. Again, I understand saying we need to throw the ball. It's also important to acknowledge that while I say, yeah, I would have run the ball more. 
This is still a team that put up 35 points. This is still a team that, I mean, yeah, Anthony Richardson went nine for 27. He went like 25 minutes without a complete, 25 game minutes without a completion at one point. And it was bad offensive football. But at the same time, you can say that there were opportunities to throw the ball deep downfield. You look at Ricky Pearsall's two touchdowns, long plays. You have a Jonathan Odom touchdown. Throwing opportunities were there. That's the important part where you could say, yeah, Anthony Richardson went nine for 27. Part of it was drops. Part of it was inaccurate passes. Part of it was great coverage by Florida State Seminoles. But you also have to say, yes, like like they, it was there. I could say I want to run more, but passing opportunities were there. So I think it was not a matter of the game plan. I think it was more so about the execution, which you'll hear more about in the defense because there was a lot of that going on. Um but yeah, it's like, well, with, with injured receivers and depth receivers being really your only guys available, uh, there was Ricky Pearsall and then everybody else was just depth and that, that sucked. But yeah, as far as throwing the football, Gators just could not do it. Whether it was, again, because of an inaccurate ball or, or just a bad decision to throw the ball, like that Anthony Richardson pick, woof. That was one of the worst decisions we've seen him make all season. It was him trying to make a play, but it was him forcing a ball where he shouldn't have forced a ball. And even when he did try forcing the ball, it was an inaccurate pass and it got picked. And by inaccurate, I mean not in the perfect spot or not in the right spot that it needed to be, which is a little nitpicky. But at the same time, you're the quarterback of the Florida Gators. I expect more from you. Um, so there's so there's that. Um, but yeah, this is... It, it was crappy throwing the football contested drops or con- not contested drops, but contested catch opportunities that were not reeled in drops that happened. Also, I think Gators fans, I want you to like, I want you to take a step back and maybe be like, Hey, let's learn what a drop is. Like I, everybody's like, Oh, Caleb Douglas with just drops galore. He, the only drop he really had was that one that was in the bucket, defender in front of him, defender behind him, and he got hit. That's not a drop. You need to get rid of the barbaric, if it hits your hands, you should catch the ball. If it hits your hands and you're not getting hit, you should catch the ball. If it hits your hands and you get hit, I, I find a very difficult way to blame you for that. So... There's that. There were also like two passes where I thought they they were incomplete, but I thought there should have been a defensive flag, whether it was pass interference or holding. That didn't happen. Not that that excuses the incompletions, but just when you look at the stats, I think it's important if you're going to be a box score guy to acknowledge that those stats, that those plays happened. Injuries really showed. Um, but I will say this. I wanted Anthony Richardson to throw the ball like, you know, like 20 times, have him run it like 12, have Montreal and Trevor Etienne both have like 15 to 20 carries. Didn't happen. Anthony Richardson, though, I think did a, a a good job of looking comfortable and creating plays. And I don't want to say he did a great job because I don't think it was a great job. I think it was a good job though, of looking comfortable, creating plays. He was someone who was constantly under pressure. Like Richard Garage worst game of the season easily for him like he played a bad bad football game when florida needed him to play his best football game he played his worst 
Um, there was pressure really throughout. Like the offensive line as pass as pass protectors didn't have a great game. They just didn't. As run blockers, I think they did a pretty good job. But pass protectors wasn't it wasn't a great game for them. But I think Anthony Richardson did a good job of looking comfortable, looking to create plays, looking to extend plays, and make plays with his legs, make things happen, and kind of be. He he tried to shoulder the load. He tried to shoulder the load, and he didn't let it get to him in the sense of like he wasn't pouty, he wasn't hands down. He was on the sideline talking trash. There was one point where I, I think it was after a Florida punt, they get they went to the Gators sideline and they were getting chippy, and Anthony Richardson was like walking onto the field yelling at someone. Like it was like okay, like that's fire. Like that that's the fire that we're looking for, Anthony. Um, so I think it was a good game for him. I think that he, I, I, okay. I think it was a good game for him mentally. I don't think it was a great game for him accuracy wise. I think he did make some struggles. He made some bad throws and they were some missed throws because of him. But I think overall that was a positive performance for Anthony Richardson running the ball. He tried to make some stuff happen. He was, people felt that 240 finally, like he made them do it. Uh, so I will say, Anthony Richardson, good game. We're about to talk about the defense, but first, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. And when I think of a thrilling moment this week, I'm looking at Ricky Pearsall's second touchdown versus Florida State, mainly because the first time it happens, you could say it's a fluke. You could say, up oh, there was a misstep, there was whatever. The second time it happens is just they're better than you. Like Ricky Pearsall should have had more. Like he he should have had more big plays. And I, I was also at that point, I was like, okay, like that moment was when I was like, this might be a wild football game. It was a great football game, but this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles, Pursue What Thrills You in the All-New Frontier. Armada or Pathfinder today available now at NissanUSA.com. To wrap up today's episode of Locked On Gators, we are talking about this Florida Gators defense against the Florida State Seminoles offense on Friday. Um, I will preface everything by saying this. Don't you dare come at me talking about the defensive game plan. Because um, I, I don't care what the game plan was. The execution was dog crap. Simple as that. The defensive game plan, you look at the Florida Gator, the Florida State offense, the Knowles offensive line does a great job of not allowing pressure often and not allowing a ton to get in the backfield against Jordan Travis. So the defensive game plan was make them uncomfortable, make Jordan Travis uncomfortable, get pressure. There was a combination of man blitz, zone blitz, creepers, sim pressures, everything that you can do to generate pressure schematically. Conceptually, that worked. Florida had, I think it was 18 pressures on the night. People living in the backfield and, and the success on the blitzes and on the on, on the sim pressures, replacement blitzes, phenomenal. Like, for the amount of time they were called to the amount of times they found success on it, 
it was a lot. They found a lot of success bringing that extra pressure, bringing the extra rusher from one side, whatever it might be. They found success there. Conceptually, it worked. I am hard-pressed. I'm having a difficult time blaming Patrick Toney, blaming Sean Spencer, the co-defensive coordinators. I know Patrick Toney's the one that calls the plays, but they both developed the game plan. I have a difficult time blaming Patrick Toney and Sean Spencer because you got in the backfield a lot. You did. The Gators seemingly lived in the Seminoles' backfield. But you can't scheme sacks. You can scheme the pressure. The players have to finish the play, and they didn't finish the play. So that is why I'm like, hey, I have a very difficult time blaming the the coaches for the players not being able to finish a play that they should have been able to finish. So there's that. I also will say that I think this was another week, or at least another one of those weeks, where the Florida Gators' defensive front just did not show up against the run. Um, It was one of the worst games that we've seen, um, at least that I've seen as far as this defensive front actually stepping up to make plays and actually, you know, do their jobs. Um, but but Florida State just they, – they just had a lot of fun against the Gators. I can tell you that running the ball, they had 236 rushing yards. 176 of those came after contact. It was the defensive front not showing up. Again, that, that's what it was. It was the defensive front not showing up once again. Jordan Travis, of course, had a lot of those yards – 18 missed tackles is completely unacceptable. Like 18 missed tackles is a lot. It is. It's it's a lot. Eight of them came in the run game. You know what that means? The pass game, the pass rush was where a lot of the missed tackles came from. Antoine Power Island had three missed tackles. Prince Leo Mon had two missed tackles. Javon Dexter had two missed tackles. Lloyd Summerall III had a missed tackle. Uh, Tyreek Sapp had a missed tackle. Ventrell Miller had two missed tackles. There were a lot of missed tackles, and a lot of them came in the passing game. A lot of them came from people pass rushing, getting in the backfield against Jordan Travis, him Houdiniing his way out of it, and him making a play after that. And look, you could say Jordan Travis played the game of his life. You can argue that. He had arguably the best game of his career as far as actually extending plays and creating plays with his legs and and being an evasive quarterback. That's also because Florida's pass rush was just so bad. Their, their actually finishing of sacks was so bad. They both happened, both things can be true. The Gators pass rush did not show up or the Gators being able to finish plays did not show up. And Jordan Travis played a fantastic game. As far as the secondary, I have, one player that I'd like to give props to, who I think I've been pretty hard on, Jason Marshall Jr. Um, he was tasked with one of the toughest challenges in the country, taking on Johnny Wilson. Six foot seven. Big, big dude. Jason Marshall played against him 
a lot. They were lined up often. Uh, when lined up against Johnny Wilson, Jason Marshall was targeted five times. So when yeah, when Jason Marshall was covering Johnny Wilson, they threw to Johnny Wilson five times, two completions, um, forty six yards, and a pass broken up, and six yards after the catch. So even when he was ta- even when he did get the catch, he was tackled fairly quickly after that. They threw at him quite a bit again. He's six foot seven. You're gonna throw to him a lot, but Jason Marshall, being the smaller option, did play a pretty good or did a pretty good job there. Um, I have, uh, yeah, I, I am so hard pressed to give him any criticism there. Not everybody played a great game. But Jason Marshall played one hell of a game against Johnny Wilson. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever we listen to, wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. I think tomorrow we're going to talk about the either portal or coaching carousel. They'll each get their own full episodes. For your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole9Sports and Giants Country of SI.com, and I will see you all tomorrow.